0: Men tend to benefit from marriage a lot more than women do. They're more taken care of. Um, their health is better. Their eating is better. Um, and so it may be that because somebody is now paying attention to them and taking care of them and um, making them feel like they matter, that they don't have to do um, the prime aspect of their personality.
1: This week, Dr. Karen Sherman joins us to discuss whether or not marriage can actually help prevent crime. It sounds odd, but a new study says it might be a factor. We discuss. Stay tuned. I'm going to keep this short. First, thank you for listening. If you're a regular listener, I would greatly appreciate it if you would leave a review on whatever platform you listen to us on. This will help others discover us. Also, if you like the podcast, I highly recommend visiting our website, hitchmag.com, which is updated daily with new content and where you will find thousands of articles available anytime. Lastly, I understand that not everything we talk about applies to everyone. However, I am confident that if you go to hitchmag.com and subscribe to our free weekly newsletter, that you will find at least one and probably more pieces of information each week that will help your marriage thrive. I hope you enjoy. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, editor-in-chief of HitchedMag.com. I am joined once again by the lovely, the original, the brilliant Dr. Karen Sherman. Hi, Karen. Hi, Steve. Hello. Um, So today we're going to talk about an interesting study, an interesting paper that was done by two doctoral students um, at Berkeley. Uh, And it... Covers pregnancy, marriage, and crime. And they looked at information over a million, ber- at over a million, on a million births, <laughs> and uh, using data in the state of Washington, matched records on criminal offenses, births, marriages, and divorces. And what they found was that there was a significant drop in crime for both men and women when the woman was pregnant. Um, specifically, the researchers found that pregnancy, quote, um, oh yeah, I'm, I'm totally messing this up. They found that, uh, pregnancy triggers sharp declines in crimes rivaling, rival, rivaling any known intervention. The mothers to me make sense. Um, you know, they're pregnant. It's going to be a little more difficult for them to d- even physically, uh, commit the crimes. Um, but the men are a little more interesting to me. So their rate of crime dropped 25% when the person that they were with was pregnant. Um, compared to the three strikes law, for example, uh, crime dropped just 17%. And for those who are unfamiliar, the three strikes law is like if you get caught with um, like selling marijuana three times, um, it's no longer the fine or slap on the wrist, you go to prison. It becomes um, uh, like a felony. So. Um, is it, with all that being said, which I, I, I apologize for jumbling it up there, but is it purpose that's driving this decline in crime, do you think?
0: I, I think, I, I guess I was surprised by it also. And I read this study, uh, just to make sure that I was understanding, uh, the points correctly. And, and I think that it is You know, the whole idea of now I'm going to have a baby and I have to stop just living a wild and crazy kind of life, as Steve Martin would have said. (laughs) Um, And yes, you know, I have to be more responsible. Um, I'm not just living for myself. There may also be that the women may say, you know, if you want me to stay with you or if... You know not necessarily even getting married, but if you want me to stay with you, you've got to start living in a much more responsible way so i I guess that that is what's driving it because i can't I tried thinking about what other reasons there could be, and I couldn't think of anything
1: mhm uh yeah i it, it is so interesting and and when you think about um how many times you've heard people say you know I had a kid and it changed everything or Right things along those lines, and like when I think of it like that, it, it makes a little bit of sense because it's like, oh well, like people changed how they went about their day; they changed their philosophy on life, or you know, I've I've heard a lot of men talk about how having a daughter changed their perception of women. And it's not like right women were new species to them up to that point. Like they've been around them their entire lives, but all of a sudden, it's like this one thing triggers this cascade of new revelations for them. So, um,
0: I'm well. I think again, you've got to think about somebody other than yourself and a child. In and and perhaps this is being um, a little inappropriate in my stereotype, but I would think that somebody who commits crimes isn't necessarily even thinking about the woman that they impregnated, but a child has a different meaning. You know, it's somebody who's helpless. It's somebody that is really going to depend on you, and it's putting you in a very different kind of role. So I think that it really does give you a very different look at life, um, and it would – make you feel like, okay, I've got to get my act together. Mm-hmm. so I do think that, yeah, as you're saying, um, it it makes you um, own up to a more responsible life mm-hmm. so this
1: it's interesting because um, you know there's that dependency with with a baby. Um, but you don't really mm-hmm. have that with marriage and they found that marriage mm-hmm. helped reduce crime all the way down to, uh, reducing it 50%. So this is, um, a, the way that I read it was, it was a conjun- in conjunction. So if pregnant and marriage brought it all the way down to 50% for both men and women, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. W- you know, we've known through a lot of other research that marriage is a stabilizer just in general, uh, mhm. But did this surprise you, and, and why do you think marriage would have this impact with the reasoning that you just gave for a pregnancy?
0: Well, it's good that you're pointing out what I just said is not making sense, given that statement. (laughs) But I think, again, it may be that um, the woman says, you know, if you want to really make a commitment to me, I want to see that you're acting in a different way. Uh, The other thing we know is that men tend to benefit from marriage a lot more than women do. They're more taken care of. Um, Their health is better. Their eating is better. Um, And so it may be that because somebody is now paying attention to them and taking care of them and um, making them feel like they matter, that they don't have to do um, the – crime aspect of their personality, because if you look at like, you know, why would somebody commit certain crimes? You could look at it as negative attention. Um, And if they're getting attention in a positive way, vis-a-vis a a commitment and um, a relationship where um, somebody is caring about them, then maybe they don't need to do the other type of behavior um, as much,
1: mm-hmm. yeah, totally, and, and I feel like this is the same vein. But I feel like this all leads to a sense of purpose, um, like a, yeah. a a chance that there is fulfillment in life that seems to me like baked into pregnancy and baked into marriage. Like you, there, there's a future mm-hmm. there that is mm-hmm. uh, inevitable with those things, and it seems like it's a a larger future than say if you were getting a job or some other marker in life where the fulfillment might not be there because people take jobs and they might get some sort of like financial stability, but there's no real fulfillment in what they're doing, for example, whereas the, you know, Pregnancy and marriage seems much bigger than that.
0: Does that seem right to you? Yes, purpose, but also combined with all the other things we're talking about. Now, I think we should point out, as we often do with studies, that, you know, we're looking at statistics and we're seeing um, that, in this case, a correlation that the more that people got married or the more that there was. Um, pregnancy involved, the less crime there was. Right. Okay, so that's a correlation. As one thing goes, does one thing, the another variable does another. Nothing in the uh, data suggested any reasons why. So you and I are really um, trying to come up with motivations that were not at all suggested. Right. Um, and, you know, it, it's really hard to tell for sure, but I do think that we're at least in the ballpark as far as purpose, as far as feeling like one matters, as fear, far as feeling like now you've got to be more responsible. So I think all of that is mixed in. But again, uh, you know, there was nothing in the study that indicated anything uh, as to why uh, these numbers seem to do what they did.
1: mm mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, so I have to admit, uh, I, when I was when I read this, um, the first thing mm-hmm. that popped in my mind was Freakonomics, and mm-hmm. so Freakonomics was done by an economist and a journalist uh, Stephen Levitt and Stephen Dubner, and mm-hmm. one of the big revelations that came out when they put a, put their book out was that they found a drop in crime, uh, mm-hmm. and they. They connected it to um, the legalization of abortion. So what they were Hmm. able to show was 18 years after Roe v. Wade was um, upheld and abortions became the law of the land, that crime everywhere dropped. And they would take into Mm -hmm. account all the different policing practices, all the laws that had gone on the book, like everything. And, uh, that was the one consistent factor. And it was like almost to the day and what they really, um, they, they, again, tried to parse this out because again, it was a correlation, right? And so what they tried to Mm -hmm. parse out was the fact that you now had for the first time, this generation of unborn babies who were not wanted, um, that were then, Devoid of a life of um, neglect, abuse, underfunding, malnutrition, and like you could go on and on and on about what would happen to a kid brought into this world where they were completely neglected and unwanted, and the damage that could be done, and then how that could lead to a life mm-hmm. of crime. So mm-hmm. In this situation, you have couples excited about a pregnancy. This is like, for me, this was like the exact opposite of that study that they mm-hmm. did. So mm-hmm. this was, people are excited about pregnancy, people are excited about marriage, and it prevented them from doing the crimes, So, mm-hmm. uh, corollarily, right? Um, so when I think of it mm-hmm. this way, it seems like these uh, social reactions are based on future predictions and satisfaction. Um and so I like it makes me uh, wonder like how much of how we carry ourselves on a daily basis do you think is based on this perceived future prospects that we have
0: Okay so I want to make sure I understand the question so you're not saying that the study done by the free economics people are indicating something Finding that is opposite from what this Berkeley study found. No, because I'm, in one case, okay, I right. just want to make sure that I understand yeah. that correctly. Yeah,
1: so basically, okay. I'm, like what I'm saying is like the the legalization of abortion had a drop in crime, and partly it was because mm-hmm. of something that they didn't want to happen didn't happen, and right. this case something that right. like they. Marriage for sure. They wanted it to happen. I'm assuming, right? <laughs> the pregnancy you don't know, but they kept the baby. Uh, I'm assuming correct um,
0: and when so, they have the option of having right an abortion because right. Roe versus Wade is still an option. Exactly. So right. this and they're they're choosing right. Right. Okay. So, this so is you're asking a general vo- question. Right. Okay, and so I would say to you that I think a majority of what happens in our future is based on our perceived um, way of looking at life, a majority. I think that perception has so much to do with what happens in life. And our perceptions don't, and there's a lot of research to back that up. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: The perceptions don't even have to be accurate. But if we believe the perception, we act in accordance with it. And then because of the way we act, we will have people reacting to us a certain way. And then on and on and on, as we've discussed on many podcasts, Mm -hmm. action versus reaction, that's a concept that I espouse a lot. Mm -hmm. And then it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. So I think that the way one goes into the world, the way one perceives it, and then acts according to that perception, is a major contributor to what happens to us in the world.
1: Right. Um, so this this whole thing got me thinking, like much bigger, much bigger than marriage, much bigger than all of this stuff. I hear.
0: I, right. <laughs>
1: right. Like it. It's, it's like. Um, Like I couldn't stop thinking about the genius of what our founding fathers put into our constitution Mm -hmm. about the pursuit of happiness Mm -hmm. and the importance of that. And so Mm -hmm. like what do you think this means in the larger sense for society and and how we approach problems and the injustices and inequalities and and not just our country and our world but like this – this feeling of having hope and optimism and fulfillment and prosperity, and like all these things, this pursuit of happiness, how that seemed to have a larger impact on something as like carnal as like crime, primal as crime that uh, like w- like where could we be if we were able to bottle that up and tap into it?
0: Well, what I'm going to do is throw you back a couple of years to when we were podcasting about Seligman's attempt to start teaching uh, positive psychology Mm -hmm. and all the research that we have, that when people are more positive, they are more resilient, they handle stress better. Um, and there are all sorts of other benefits from being more positive, and all the research that came after his initial work on the need for people to be more optimistic and positive. Um, Unfortunately, I don't see that our country is in that place right now. Um, And there are many countries, I think, that I personally worry about because I think that though I, have, I'm, I I tend to be a hopeful person and an optimistic mm-hmm. person, I worry that those countries will never really be able to think in terms of p- being peaceful with others because from a very, very young age, um, they are educated in a way that um, does not Uh, teach them to think about others in a peaceful way, but as enemies and as um, people they have to defend against. Um, And again, going back to our country, I think there is a lot of um, unrest. I mean, I I don't think we were living in a perfect society, but I think it's gotten even more difficult and challenging lately. Um, And that when um, anger and hostility and negativity comes out and that gets fostered, it breeds more of it. So it's almost like if you um, uh, can help somebody to learn to be more optimistic, and there's a very quick... uh, exercise that's done that I I'm sure I've shared with our audience before, but I'm going to share it again. But okay. the point of the exercise is where I want to go with it. That every night, and it has to be at night, and I'm not going to go into the research now as to why. But every night, um, and you're supposed to write it. You write down three things that happened that day for which you're grateful. And it doesn't, it's not supposed to be big things like that there were no bombs or, um, you know, that we didn't get into World War III. It's supposed to be little things like uh, I found a parking spot easily. I found a quarter on the ground. Um, somebody held the door open for me. But here's the main point, that the more that you see little things that are positive, the more it opens up your vision. To see more positive things, and that grows. And so my point is that I think that positivity and optimism can spread and grow and become contagious, um, and that certainly would have all sorts of advantages for an individual, for a family, for a community, for a society, but it can also work the other way. Mm-hmm. so to your point yes um we see a reduction in crime through these positive um variables that that are mentioned in this study but if you're going to bring it to a broader um scale i think that uh our perception um has a lot to do with it i'm living in a community now it's um a 55 and over community i just got in by the the hair <laughs> not really but i just got it anyway um and it's a very interesting thing because one part of the community has lived here for a very long time and is very frustrated um, because there's a lot of building errors in our community. And the newer part of the community, it's still the same builder and still the same building errors. But for some reason, our side of the community sort of feels like, well, we're just happy being among people who are so nice and friendly. And yeah, it really stinks that there are these problems with the structure, but what's more important is community. And the other part, the older part is so stuck in the negativity and it's never going to change. And this is always the same. And, and, you know what happens? It's just a bunch of people who keep getting caught up in that. Mm-hmm. And and that's really very sad. So,
1: can I interject really yeah, okay. quick? sure. Sure. Do you think, uh, and this just came to me, do you think the, um, the negativity that they're putting out there, that this is so bad and it's never going to change, that's where they find their purpose and in railing against the new development? Because otherwise they don't have any or they're they're not latching on to anything else and that's the easy fruit to pick?
0: Well, if they put it to a purpose of trying to work together and make things better, then I would say yes, but it's not working that way. It's just a lot of complaining and getting angry. So, and unfortunately... That's what happens a lot of times. People like to vent and scream and yell and name call and things like that. And how is that making things better? Um, Whereas if you have a cooperative attitude, and we know from research that even when two groups, let's say the Arabs and the Israelis, when they are put onto teams to work together for a common purpose, like, you know, a basketball team or something, they end up getting along just fine because they have a common purpose. So their differences, um, you know, go away. They, Mm -hmm. They don't see the differences anymore. And I purposely pick two groups that are, you yeah. know, extremely hostile towards each other. Right. So, yes, I do think one's perception has a lot to do with how you live your life and the outcome.
1: Uh, and th- for me, this is partially, I mean, I there's a lot of reasons why I do it, but one of the one of the benefits that I see out of it is why I try to be so kind and courteous when I'm out in public. Mm-hmm. I mean, I try to do it mm-hmm. privately as well, but when I'm out and I'm engaging with people, I'm the guy that likes to hold doors open for people and I'm the one yeah. that does like to say please and thank you and those kind of things. And when I mm-hmm. ask people on in my neighborhood, I, I like to smile and wave because it's hard for right. people to not smile and wave back and we know there's benefits right. to all of that stuff. And so Absolutely. I feel like, like, while I feel like I'm there in a positive perception of the world, um, n- recognizing the p- problems and flaws and everything else, but I, I try to be that you know glass half full kind of mentality. Um, mm-hmm. I try to do my little baby part and pushing that forward. And when somebody brings up something bad uh, or negative, I'm the annoying person that <laughs> that will say like, "Yeah, but I mean, isn't mm-hmm. it great that these construction workers have yeah. work?" <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I know you hate yeah. the hate the construction noise. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, yeah. Anyway, but if we each do a little bit, then I think you know we can make some changes. It may take yeah. a little while, but I think we can make some changes. Right,
1: right. So, um, so. Okay. Uh, d- we good or you want to Now add you're
0: not else? really going to ask me if I want to add no. something I just went okay. on that whole that yeah. whole rant <laughs> little, okay good. I, I got carried away there <laughs> it was
1: great and I feel like we've left it on a, uh, on a more of a positive note so that's really good too so we can okay. all make little tiny changes everybody and keep the crime rates down <laughs> absolutely okay um, okay so that will do it for us this week thank you so much Karen it is always a pleasure uh, can't wait to do this again very soon Okay, take care, Steve. Uh, and before we go, uh, I want to remind you that you have been listening to Dr. Karen Sherman, who is a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues for over 30 years, but barely got into that 55 and older community. Uh, <laughs> Karen is the author of Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life. She is the co-author of Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, and Make It Last. You can get this information and more at her website, drkarensherman.com. And of course you can find this info at our website, pitchedmag.com, along with thousands of articles, hundreds of podcasts, newsletter, and much, much more. So hopefully you will check that out as well. So until next time, that's gonna do it. Take care, everybody. Can you feel it? Can you
0: feel it? We're on top of the world too